What is good, my boy? It's like something sticky on. Is this Halloween candy? It's candy corn. Fuck that. That's the most disgusting <laughs> thing ever invented, but it's like some kind of sticky shit. These fucking kids, I swear to God, I think they're like hiding little pieces of Halloween candy all over my house. And now I'm finding like Laffy Taffy residue by my computer. So what oh. the fuck? <laughs> so they're planting themselves some 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 Easter bunny gifts. Right. That's essentially okay. what we're going to find this shit. You know, my daughter thinks she's slick. Like she's getting to a oh, point now. Where she, I know you definitely know that. I like was going to bed yesterday. I was going to bed yesterday and like, I'm like fixing up my pillows and shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is this lumpy stuff? And I lift up the pillow and there's Halloween candy under my pillow. And I'm like, she likes to hang out in my room every once in a while and, you know, watch my television (laughs) because it's different than watching her own television, apparently. But I'm like, this motherfucker thinks she's so slick. She's hiding candy under my pillow. Like, I'm not going to find it. He's never going to look here. What the fuck? Conniving. I'm telling you, man. Just be careful when you oh. have kids. They get clever. Oh, I've, I've seen it firsthand. I, I've been <laughs> to your house. So it's I am well aware. Everything is a plot. Everything is trying to think two steps ahead. She's out thinking herself. She's playing herself. Like, of course I'm going to find the candy in my own bed, bro. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Got me slipping. Anyway, I digress. How was your week, sir? Oh, man. Today was actually a great day. Because yeah. I finally drove my Audi for the first time. In, yes! Yes, it's back! I don't know, six <laughs> months or so. Woo! How do you feel? How was it driving? How is it? Uh, it was great. I mean, of course, it's 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 still slightly injured. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure. But, but it works, you know? It, hey. it is drivable. It is safe enough to take on the road. And um, to be honest with you, it feels great, man. Uh, oh. Like I said, nothing happened to the engine. So that's that's a miracle by itself. Yeah. So thank God nothing nothing happened to the engine because if something did, it would have been way worse and probably way more expensive. I was just gonna say, yeah, so, <laughs> that's costly. Especially with those parts, those OEM parts. Mm. And so with it just being the front bumper and basically some cosmetic stuff, I mean it was a relatively easy fix and it looked it looked worse than what it really was. Well, that's good. <laughs> so, Took that baby out for the first time in a minute, and it felt great. Pumped that good premium gas, and <laughs> <laughs> at six fifty a gallon. But you enjoy, <laughs> fucking hell. It instantly remembered why I just can't do these fucking gas prices, man. <laughs> man, what it costs. See, look, this is how they get you. This is how they get you. Let me put you on game real quick, y'all little, okay. y'all youngins, right? The youngins. So. What what do y'all hear in music? You know, oh, he whipping a form, I'm whipping a form, getting dome in a form, woo, woo, woo. Okay, they want you to get that form, but they don't tell you that form takes only premium gas, right? Mm-hmm. That's already $6 again, gallon. <laughs> On top of that, that oil change is damn near $250. Woo! I think you because said that only, once. I was like, what not the only fuck? do you need an oil change, but you need to do, I don't even know what they do. They need to do some shit where they rotate some shit. Uh huh. Some exotic foreign car luxury bullshit. <laughs> that top so of the line oil. So don't be fooled. If you ain't got that foreign money, go ahead and get you a nice little uh 
Toyota Camry, Fucking nice Ford little Focus. Honda Accord, <laughs> Ford Focus, something reliable, four-cylinder engine, nothing too crazy, $20 oil changes, get you the A to B, uh, takes Done. unleaded, 30-plus miles per gallon. I mean, you can't yeah. beat Cheap insurance, can't beat that. That's right. Don't be like me. Don't be a bougie-ass motherfucker like me. <laughs> over, here paying, over here paying grands a month. Just for one car. Oh, my God. I couldn't do it. I'm cringing over here just thinking about that. Like, what is that life got to be like? And even before I had kids and a family, I still wasn't about that shit, man. I was all, give me a fucking <laughs> Honda Civic all day. I don't hey, care. Man. Cheap shit. Hey, man, look. This is what was going through my mind when I made that purchase. I've never bought myself shit in my life outside of, like, kicks, right? Thanks, kicks yeah. and clothes, which yeah. are, like, essentials, right? course and so i was like man i'm gonna fucking spoil myself and i'm getting me something that i like as you should and that's what i ended up with do i regret it absolutely not but was no. it the smartest thing to do absolutely not <laughs> yeah, i mean you're but only hey, gonna do this once man why not but hey i am where i am today so it is what right. it is and it's what it, it was what it was right it all depends on how you feel when you're driving it do you feel like a boss because that's all that uh -huh. matters Man, I feel undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all that's the cost right there. It's the price of beauty. Like if you're gonna be in that it lifestyle, is. hey, you gotta be all the way with it. Man, it's the black exterior with the brown leather interior. Ooh. Oh, oh, Ooh. the wood grain finish. Uh yeah, supercharged engine. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, see, worked it. So there Where you go. It? It's back on the road. Ladies, watch out. <laughs> Mamas, lock up your daughters and your sisters. <laughs> this man's on the streets again. There's no need for that because I'm going to take care of him. <laughs> He'll take care, of course, in a respectful way, of course. But watch yourselves because, yeah, if the Audi's back out there, ain't nobody safe. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. I'm glad. It's, I know we were all along the journey for the the reincarnation of this car. So, like... I'm Oof. glad this was the end of the story. Here is a happy ending. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't Oof. mean like that. But oh, we with, can get like that. <laughs> with that with that kind of car, I'd understand if that was the real ending for it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's good, man. I mean, if that was the, the pinnacle of your week, then shit, better than mine. My shit was uneventful, but it was kind of nice. Just had a... a trip to beaver dam with the family for a birthday party and ended up hanging out doing some bowling which i'm terrible at but hey another sport where my son decides that he's just naturally good at this shit so he's going one-on-one -on -one with this dude who used to play professionally just because we're on the same lane as a bunch of people and shit and so he's getting up like a few strikes i think he lost by like 10 points i'm like how are you good at this i'm terrible <laughs> at this where is it coming from there's somewhere in this family tree that he's tapping into that has an athlete just all the blood he needs for it. And he's, he's finding that shit. So <laughs> I don't know where he's getting it from, but I think it's back a few generations. He's tapping into like the motherland, Wakanda. The mo <laughs> <laughs> he's know, tapping man. into that vibranium. Right. Like, the, like, why are you naturally good at everything? I don't, I don't get it. I'm encouraging it, but no, we're not going to make him a professional bowler anytime soon, but it's fun to watch. That's all I'll say about that. And um, I'm sure he doesn't even bowl that much. No, that's like maybe the third time he's ever done it. No idea. Mm. Now, yes, he had bumpers. I'm not going to like I'll be out there tripping or anything. 
but still, like still, the yeah. way he started, like kind of progressing and getting, you know, a little bit better understanding of the where your feet are supposed to be planted and how you're supposed to let go of the ball and the way you're supposed to hold it and all that shit. Like it was clicking for him very fast. So I was like, mm. well, shit. Okay, he's clearly got some natural athletic tendencies that we're just gonna keep on fucking steamrolling until he finds something that's gonna make him a lot of money. That's what he's really all about. It's not because mm. he loves the sport. He's like. I want to make as much money as Lionel Messi does. I go, that's a good goal. <laughs> buy, buy your dad a house in about 10 years. I think that'll, he's got less than 10 years. And you could be a pro at 18 when you're in soccer. So, shit. Yeah. Maybe he's a phenom. Who knows? Who knows? But soccer is a worldwide sport. And there are yes, many opportunities in soccer to play professionally. Absolutely. So, that's a great, uh, I don't want to call it a career path. But... But I mean, it, it could be, you know, it shit, could be. these dudes get yeah. paid. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. We talked about soccer salaries just like weeks ago on this show. And just like, if you're top of the top, you know, shit, it, it's absolutely a professional career. Like that is. And those contracts, they'll give you part team ownership. Right. Fucking residuals for life. There's All this house, other shit that you don't see in other sports. Exactly. Like it, they will bring you to a country and set your ass up just to play for their fucking team. And the coolest thing is, like, he's at an age now where, like, I think by the time he's 18, like, American soccer is probably going to be a much bigger deal. We're already kind of on oh, the hell yeah. now. You know, yeah. MLS is starting to kind of take that next step now. They brought Messi in, so now it's like all eyes are on Miami and like building new teams. I think they're adding some expansion teams. Milwaukee's getting a semi-pro yeah. team just one level below. And I think mm-hmm. they just got TV rights. So yeah. shit, man, like American soccer. Yeah. It's not going to be the same respectability as international play, but shit, right. you can make a very comfortable living. Pro sports just... are still pro sports. Absolutely. So I'm going to keep pushing that kid. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up, man. That is what's up. If he ever wants to segue into football or basketball though, Ooh, we'll see. We'll see. I, Every... can, I can give him some some one-on-ones. I would be able to help him a lot more if that was the path, but we'll see. We'll I'm still see. learning soccer as he goes, but yeah, it, it, it would be very fucking interesting if he ends up going as far as he fucking can. But, I mean, that is just like, again, I'm just going to keep his mind open to anything. Maybe it's a sport he hasn't tried yet. Like, whatever. Yeah. Maybe his next bit, he's, he could be a two-way guy. Deion Sanders. Yeah. No, <laughs> and soccer, soccer is a great foundation to build on because yeah. in soccer, you, you learn the fundamentals of footwork. Yes. And how to use exactly. your feet. And using your feet is one of the most, if not the most important thing across all sports. Absolutely. Do you know what else is weird that happened this week? <laughs> so my wife and I got into this like discussion and she brought something to my attention. I was like, I thought that was the nuttiest thing ever. So she, apparently I have this problem. Where whenever I buy myself a beverage, I never finish it. I don't know why. And apparently she's been taking like receipts on this shit for years and years that I did not know. She goes, yeah, you have this one fucking thing where like you will go to a gas station and buy like an energy drink or a coffee or whatever. And I'll come to the car the next day and it's like a third of it left in the can. And I do it all the fucking time. And I'm like, okay, listen, so I'm aware that I do this. But I have a good reason for it. And in my opinion, I blame the beverage companies. So we got into this big thing. And I'm like, it's the sizes of the beverages. When I need a pick-me-up, 
like a Red Bull or some stupid energy drink. I don't drink a lot of energy drinks and stuff, but like if it's something I like or it's a little, you know, less sugar, I'll try it out. But it's the size of the cans that kill me. I don't need a giant fucking energy drink. And I don't need a regular size Red Bull. I need them to sell like half cans. Just like a four to five ounce Red Bull. Like a five hour energy. Kinda, exactly. Except I don't yeah. even drink those because I think that's, that makes me get jittery and shit. But that size of an energy drink, I think needs to be widely available. And not just for energy drinks, every beverage. Sodas, juices, and I don't drink soda. But like Every, even a water. Give me the little waters. I don't need mm. a ton of liquids, and I think that's my biggest problem. So, like, it's not the fact that I just don't want the beverage or I don't need it. I just don't need the sizes that are standardized in America. So she's like, yeah, you don't seem to be able to finish any fucking beverages. And I said, okay, challenge accepted. So for this entire month, I told her anytime I buy myself a beverage, I'm going to finish it and send her a picture of the fucking can. and i have been doing that ever since the beginning of this month without fail and i told her if i can get through the entire month of november and finish every beverage she has to admit that this is a 70 30 problem where i am only 70 percent at fault for drinking these beverages and 30 percent is because of the beverage companies and i need small sizes small servings and it's not just the the, the, uh, liquid stuff either I've been saying that about dry stuff too whenever I fucking cook and I'm buying ingredients and shit there are so many stupid sizes of the most basic shit like cornstarch I don't need a whole box of fucking cornstarch I need like a a tablespoon so I should be able to go to the store and buy like this much cornstarch for like 50 (laughs) cents just like a you know like a ingredient size for this one fucking recipe. I'm not going to use cornstarch the rest of the fucking year. I need it for (laughs) this one fucking thing. So I'm just like, this is an American like production issue. It's we have standardized ourselves to these fucking sizes because we just don't know any better. It's probably more cost effective, but I just need small sizes of everything in my life. That's all. So now I'm super self-conscious about everything I drink because I'm going to have to hear about it for the rest of the month. Well, can I um, buy you a drink? Oh, God. I walked <laughs> right into that. You walked right into it. I walked and right now in- you got to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me go get a shot glass. I'll be right back. You talk to your people. <laughs> uh, normally, I would have a message for you guys, but today I got nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, hope everyone took a shower today, though. I did. Nice. <laughs> nice. I did, too. I did, too. All right. We'll break out the high west bourbon again. Bam. Oof. Oof. Because you ha- it has to be bourbon. I can't shoot really anything but bourbon or, like, Irish whiskey just because it's a little bit lighter profile. But, like, mm. the, the, the hen dog you be doing, I just, you, like, like torturing yourself, I think. It's fucking crazy. It's, um, I don't know what to call it, man. It's. It's the Asian in me, I guess. We, um, I don't know what's wrong with us. <laughs> it doesn't have to be anything wrong with you, but I think that, I mean, it might be a DNA oh, no. thing where just like, there's oh, absolutely, something's wrong? absolutely something wrong with us. There's no reason why we should be able to drink all this Henny, throw up, drink all Henny again. Oh, God. Throw it up and then do it all over again. It, the cycle just keeps repeating. And, I swear, um, like, you guys drink more Henny than black folks do. I just, I don't get it. It's so no, weird. No, honestly, honestly, we probably do. Like you're holding up the industry of Henny right now. I just 
They need to start. It. They need to start sponsoring. Man, yeah, I think you specifically are holding up the Hennessy industry yourself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write them back. Uh, <laughs> I think you should. I'm gonna write them back. I'm gonna send them a letter, and I'm gonna get that sponsorship. Dear Slim. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like the dedication you had to Hennessy is it's breathtaking to say the least. Man, uh, and this bottle lasts me a long ass time. Uh, yeah, it did. I don't want to. I don't want people to think I'm a fucking alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll take the shot and we'll start the music at the same time. How about that? Yes, sir. One, two, Whoa, that was actually pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Whoa, that was weird. Are you starting to get used to it now? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. I mean, normally your was... face is like about to explode after a shot, but now you're like, eh. yeah. <clears throat> and I poured myself a pretty hefty shot. Yeah, I saw that. It was um, it it was sweet. It tasted like um, you remember like you? I know you remember those crunch bars, those like crunch Nestle? candy bars, Nestle Crunch. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yes, that's what it tasted like. Hmm, I'd agree with that. I've had hen before. Now you know. Now you maybe drink a whole fucking bottle of it, but mm. yeah, I would agree with that. It's definitely on the sweeter side. Yeah, that was weird. This they still make crunch bars, don't they? I have no idea. I haven't seen them in so long. I haven't seen them anywhere. And I just realized that, like, holy shit. What? Hang on one second. I need to look that shit up because I haven't seen a Nestle Crunch Bar in a long time. No, I agree with you. That's why I said, I know you remember, but do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely. But it's like, it's one of those things if you're not looking for it, which I mean, I can't remember the last time I ever bought one, but like, Facts. if you're not looking for it, it will just kind of disappear on you. Yeah. yeah, it's still around, apparently. That's what Apparently. he still has shit. I mean, yeah. All right, I'm, I'm going to go to a gas station tomorrow, and I'm going to buy some. There you go. Or I'm going to see if I can find some first. That's an even better idea. Because I'm thinking back to, like, every bag of Halloween candy I just bought, and I'm like, I don't think Nestle Crunch is in any of them. Nope. You'll see those uh, little fun-sized Snickers, maybe sure. some Hershey's, Almond Joy. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh. Fucking Almond Joy. That's my mom's favorite candy bar. See, your mom's favorite. That's... Exactly, I think it's generational because it's my mom's favorite too. Which I'm just like, what the fuck? Like how? Don't get me how? wrong. It's, it's. I think it's okay, but Fucking it's no. like extremely mid to me. Like a, a five, it sits at a five comfortably. It's a minus two for me. I can't shred coconut. Everything just. Oh, bleh. you don't like coconut? I mean, I have gotten over it. I used to like fucking hate coconut. I like coconut water. Not bad. Mm. Especially okay, if I'm yeah. hungover. If you're hungover, coconut water, Ooh. boom. Hell that's yeah. A, that's a miracle. But, like, pina coladas, just anything with shredded coconut, just, uh, the only thing I'm good with coconut is the caramel delights from the Girl Scouts. Ha. But that's about as far as I go. And that's only because it's just covered in caramel. So you really, yeah, 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 it yeah. offsets all the fucking coconuts. So I, I like that despite the coconut, but the rest of that shit, fucking kick rocks. No, thank you. Oh, one of the worst candy bars I've ever heard of. And if you like mounds, that shit without the fucking almonds, like what the fuck is wrong? Oh uh, yeah, no. What? Yeah, what's the point of that? Because the almond damn near makes it. That's the thing. Yeah, that almost saves it. But just the coconut, 
what is wrong with you people? Like, yeah. you might as well say you like black licorice. I'm just like, we just have nothing to talk about. Like, <laughs> no, black licorice, black licorice, and candy corn and mounds. If you are into any of those three, I'm I'm so sorry that you were no, born you, taste buds. If you're into any of those three, you you eat ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally, you are just fine. Every it's all systems go when you're eating out the back nine and shit. So that would make a lot of sense. That fucking tracks. But if you actually enjoy any of that shit, I don't know what to tell you. There's no there's no saving you. You're on no. the wild side. <laughs> don't save her. She don't want to be sick. <laughs> That's a great fucking song. Oh, my God. <laughs> fucking love that song so much. Oh, my God. Well, welcome, everybody, back to the Bank Bro Show. You know what it is. We are your boys. That guy is Ryan, the real, real Slim Shady. My name is Siege, and I am, of course, your mom's favorite podcast host. So, and we got something for everybody. What did you just stand up for? Was that a dick shot? Because I'm, I'm the real Slim Shady. Oh, you stood up. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> I made the joke, and it's still went over my he head. Said, he said, is that a dick shot? <laughs> right. I thought you were just, like, showing off the crotch. I was like, oh, that was very confident of you. <laughs> it was so abrupt. I was like, oh. <laughs> went right over my head. I'm going to blame the High West on that one, uh, because that went right to my fucking brain directly. <laughs> Thanks, High West. Delicious bourbon. Uh, but yes, we are back, folks, with another episode for your ass uh, this uh, beautiful Wednesday night that we're recording. And, of course, you'll hear this Saturday mornings, every Saturday morning, 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. Don't mm. miss out. There's a reason I do that, and I don't know if people know that. It's honestly because I want us to be the first thing you hear on your weekend. When your weekend starts, work is done, hopefully, for a lot of you guys. Fucking weekend plans, no stress. And you have that sure. fucking breakfast time, sun rising, especially yeah. with daylight savings time. 7 a.m., the sun's already up. And we want to be the first things you hear to start that Saturday morning and all the fun you're going to have. So that's why I put it out there at 7 a.m. in case you were wondering. I think it's a nice little sentiment. That's how. That's the vibe of the show. We're a weekend Absolutely. Show. And that's exactly <laughs> what I want, too. I want you to roll over in the morning at the ass crack of dawn. Look at the young lady that you picked up yesterday. <laughs> yesterday <laughs> admire yourself and be like you know what i bagged that and you know what let me hit that one more time and then after you hit that guess what the newest episode of bank bros just dropped oh <sighs> so you playing that while you hit the shower she over there cooking you breakfast Man. oh you finish the episode and you going around too mm. Mm. wow mm. What i just picture. want everybody to win i just want what? everybody to win that's a hell of a saturday that's Man. a win before like 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning. What can you before ask? Before 9 a.m. Wow. You, you could take a nap and then start your day again. Right. Do the same shit over again. Shit. Listen to us twice on a Saturday. That'd be even better. Shit. Whatever yeah. it works for you, whatever brings you joy, that's what we want. So we are your Saturday morning warriors, boy. And that's what Saturday we are. Saturday morning here for warriors. You. Right. So you know, we we're are here like, for you. That's what it is. We are like, you, you know, when you used to wake up on Saturday mornings, you know what I'm saying, and watch all those cartoons. Yu-Gi-Oh, yes. Pokemon, fucking whatever you use, Ben 10, I don't know. Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Ben 10 was good shit. That's, <laughs> that's what we are. All right. Oh, I love it. WB that's for kids. Had fucking bowl of cereal in the pajamas, bro. Man. Yes. <laughs> that's the whole fucking vibe. That's the Man. whole vibe. I fucking I'll get up that. early for that, but never early for school. Never. No. <laughs> no. You got to drag my ass out of bed for school Monday morning? Nah, man. I need mm. at least four. Four. Of the old school alarms. 
that kind of shit. Like, oh, that was what I needed to do. Just it was an air raid siren to get me out of bed. So Ugh. we're the opposite of that. We're the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, we are back. More sports news for you because again, we're still kind of in the Renaissance. World Series is done. Congrats to the Texas Rangers. Again, nobody watched it, but hey, first time World Series winners. I'll give you some credit for that. They were some road warriors, and I don't know if you read all the stats about that shit. Those motherfuckers won 11 games undefeated on the road to the World Series. That's fucking crazy in any sports. That is nuts. 11 games in a row on, on the, the road. road. Done. Wiped everybody out, including people, including teams that were like number one seeds. They ran through them all. So, hey, team of destiny, bro. I respect it. I wish yeah. it was the Brewers, but it wasn't this year. I don't watch baseball, but hey, hey. shout out to the Rangers. Hey. Champions, baby. Round of applause for them. But today, we're going to stick with just kind of one or two sports and really focus on some NFL and some UFC for you. We got a nice preview to get right into because this Saturday is UFC 295 with, I would argue, is three excellent matchups at the top of the card. The rest of the card, hey, you know, it is what it is. Definitely lots of fights peppered in, especially amongst the prelims. Don't have to get into that today. But I do want to focus on the top three fights and just kind of the ramifications behind them. And I want to start with the ladies in the women's strawweight division as Jessica mm. Andrade takes on Mackenzie Dern, who I'm actually quite a big fan of. Actually, both of these women. But very interesting timing for this fight, especially because I know Mackenzie Dern. I've watched her early career. Pretty much inconsistent. That's the best way you can describe yeah. her. As much of a fighter and a great technician as she can be, the record just hasn't been great overall until she started hitting her stride now. And it has led her to a big-time matchup against a former champion, Andrade. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this one. I, I want to bring up one special point about this fight, which is unfortunate, but it's, I think, interesting. Uh, Mackenzie Dern in her personal life, we won't get into a bunch of shit about her past, but she is going, actually, I think just completed a pretty nasty divorce. And the fucked up thing is, because it just ended, she ended up in arrears, and the fight money she's making from this bout is all going to her ex-husband. So, I mean, it's like, that fucking sucks. And I kind of hope that she's going to take that energy and put it right through Andrade's face, because that'd be interesting. I can't blame her. But can you imagine going into a professional fucking fight, your top three billing, and you know every dime that you're making from this fight isn't even yours? Man, I did not know that. Yeah, that's... Pretty fucked wow. up. Doesn't that suck? Damn. It's just overshadowing that whole fight. Like, she's got... Andrade is enough of a challenge on her own. Yeah, but the, mental, she, the mental game going in is... God damn, that's gotta be tough. Yeah, your face says it all. <laughs> damn, that might change everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So, this fight... Mackenzie Dern is like a minus 200 favorite. Right. And rightfully so. I, I feel like she's the more well-rounded uh, fighter. She doesn't really do anything spectacular, but no. she does everything at a pretty pretty good level. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to win her this fight. I do think she's going to win. Mm, that'd be big. And now, that you, and now that you mentioned that to me, I'm even more confident in what I'm saying. Yeah? <laughs> because I think that's extra motivation for her to be like, wait, hold on. Before I say this. Uh-oh. So... Everything she's making is going to him for this fight. So, so even legal. if she gets a bonus, 
Now, again, I'm not in the courtroom with them. I don't know every nickel and dime, every nick and dime that's going like this. But from her own mouth, it sounds like it's every penny of this Damn. fight goes Holy to legal proceedings shit. in the arrears. Yeah. So, ouch, is what I heard from that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I'm even more confident now that she's literally fighting for her life. Mm. And there are some things you can't track in stats. You can't track that. Um, wow. Damn. All the X's and O's <laughs> just went out the window. Yeah, Jeez. that blew you away. That yeah. blew you away. Like I, this is news to me. Jeez. Yes. Yeah. It's um, pretty recent news. So I was like, that's that's pretty fucking big. And I, I like what you're saying because I think these girls are actually very even. And again, I know Mackenzie yes. Dern has been inconsistent. And Andrade, you know, she's been up and down. She's 24 and 12, but she's a former champion as well. I think Andrade is like, the better grappler, but I think Dern is the better submission artist. She's proven she can get the tap. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. You know, you're, it's similar backgrounds they've got, and Dern I think throws more overall strikes, but Andrade is the more efficient striker. So, I mean, this is where I'm like, it's it's going to come down to heart, I think. And with Dern, the fact that she's been on the rise, and again, with this kind of divorce news and everything that, I kind of have the same notion of like, this might be like a defining fucking match for her. I think she's yeah. got a lot more to gain from winning this one than Andrade does from losing it. I have Dern winning this too. Really? I do. And it's it's close. I don't think we're getting a finish. But I do think Dern, who I believe is kind of getting used to the, the judges at this point, but she's yeah. been coming out on top of the judges' splits. So... I can see Dern's keeping it rolling. I don't think she's ready for a title shot yet, but I think Andrade is going to give her the biggest challenge of her career. I think she's going to meet the challenge. Mm, man. Um, oof. I'm still thinking <laughs> about that fucking money. God damn. Uh, but, it, it goes both ways. I know you don't think about legal proceedings, and like usually it's the men who are paying out the nose and like having to pay their ex-wives and you know alimony and child support, all that stuff. It's interesting hearing it the other way around and again whatever speculation about the divorce we won't even get into because that's none of our concern or our business but it's it's an interesting dichotomy i think when you look at it and go like wow this is a professional fighter making a what's going to be a really good amount of money on this fucking fight and damn she even if she wins you're doing it for pride at this point it's yeah. just to get your career going and, and that... hope that the next fight you get is going to be double this fucking purse and it won't even matter in the, in the rear view and you can't even put a price on that. You know what no, I mean? And so, you really can't. Um, I think that that in its entirety, the whole situation. Yes. On top of the fact that Andrade has lost three straight fights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think the skid will continue. I think she, I don't want to call her out of her prime, but this is definitely towards her latter years in her career. I think so. Um. She was on top before. I don't think she'll get there again. No. Um, and it's, I, I agree. And it's not to like, you know, throw shade on her or anything. No, it's, not it's, at all. There's one, there's one person in this world that's undefeated. His name is Father Time. That's right. And I think Mackenzie Dern, she's just entering her prime. Yep. Um, the UFC's building her up. That's so right. You already know, they're behind her. Oh, yeah. She's easily marketable. Have you easily. seen her? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it won't uh, take much. It won't no. take much. <laughs> Not in it. Call a spade a spade. Not to say anything about Andrade either, but you're absolutely right. But, I think 
Andrade is more of a gatekeeper now instead of that one that's like a contender trying to get a championship. So like this, I could see this being a tale of like an ascending talent and a descending talent. Yeah, that's all it is. That's the fight game. It, but hey, the talent is really close. Like you know, absolutely, talent yeah. is really close. It's neck and neck. But yeah, darn, darn for the dove. I'll give that as well. Next fight is a very interesting one, and this was supposed to be the pay-per-view headline by our boy, John Jones, the heavyweight champion of the world, um, going against Stipe Miocic, who a lot of people would consider the greatest heavyweight of all time. Record-based, you know, challenge-based, who he's taken down. Stipe is going to be Jones' biggest challenge in this division. We said, I think, weeks and weeks and weeks ago, we still think John Jones would run through Stipe. Like, yeah. This John Jones, heavyweight John Jones, is a fucking menace, and that's all there is to it. But doesn't fucking matter. All the outside shit going on with John Jones, whatever fucking happens to him, it's still John Jones at the end of the day. So that was what was penciled in for this fucking pay-per-view. Um, John Jones, unfortunately, suffered an injury in his training camp, and this entire fight got pulled. So Stipe sitting on the sidelines, just kind of waiting, seeing what happens. And now we have an interim heavyweight championship fight, which everybody hates the interim titles. I hate them, too. It is what it is. What are we going to do about it? But now this fight is the co-main and we're seeing Sergey Pavlovich and Tom Aspinall, which is an interesting matchup, especially for where they're ranked. We have, I believe Sergey is number two. I think Tom mm-hmm. has been an ascending talent and he's number five as well right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, both of these fighters, again, we're in the same boat of we're on a, only on a few weeks of a turnaround, not a full fight camp. Both of these guys going into this fight on short notice. The thing is, though, if you've seen Pavlovich, that guy's a fucking monster. He is, hu- he is a humongous beast. He is a talent on every aspect of this fucking game. And I've seen a lot of Tom Aspinall. He has been on the rise. He's been running through a lot of these, you know, lower-tier guys in the heavyweight division, but he's been looking pretty good. I think he's got great hands, an underrated ground game. He can get the tap. Mm-hmm. He can knock you out, you know. It is what it is. So this does go both ways. It's not going to be a walk in the park for either of these guys. But we saw how quick turnarounds ended up for people like Usman and Volkanovski uh, just a few weeks ago. So short fight camp, you approach it differently. You kind of have to. It's a little more instinct and kind of falling back on those skills you're already building instead of that, you know, deeply strategized game you have with a full fight camp, learning everything you can about your opponent. So I think that's going to make this a little more of an even playing field. When it comes to the experience factor, it's still going to be Sergey. I mean, that's the thing about this is he is just much more battle-tested. And, you know, Aspinall is 13-3, 10 knockouts, 12 first-round finishes. So Tom Aspinall is no joke. Let's not yeah. even beat around the bush on that one. Um, Other than, like, one setback, I think he was knocked out by Curtis Blades in, like, the first round pretty fucking fast. Um, uh, maybe about last year or so, I believe that happened. Uh, he broke his knee or some shit. Is that what it was? It was yeah. something stupid where I was like, damn. Yeah. He broke his knee or some shit. He, I don't know. I think somebody checked a chick or somebody checked a checked kick. A kick, yep. Or some, I don't know, something. And that was it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he was grabbing his knee. See, that's all there is to it. That will derail you. I think before that, he was like five and zero uh, in a row, excuse me. So it's, yeah, yeah. you know, he was he was on a roll, and that's an unfortunate setback. But look at him now getting a shot at interim title. But Sergey Pavlovich is 18 and 1, 15 first round knockouts, 
That is all you need to know about Sergey. That is business. That man is a mauler. So when it comes down to it, even with the short fight camps, my money is on Sergey. This is a giant jump in competition. Not saying Tom couldn't step up to the plate here, but Sergey's been here. Sergey's been on this level for a long time now. And I think Sergey takes this one and sets up a showdown because you know we're getting John Jones and Steve Bay down the line probably early next year for the actual heavyweight strap. And I think Sergey faces, in my opinion, will be John Jones in what I imagine will probably be John Jones's final fight. Because he's he's been hinting at retirement for a while now. His coach has been hinting at it too. I think this is all dramatically setting up for the last rodeo. And I don't know who wins that fight. That's a whole spree from there. But I think we're seeing the, the beginning steps of the final fight for John Jones at the end of the day. What do you think about this fight, sir? I I actually agree with you. Um mm. I think Pat, I think Sergey wins. Uh Sergey is actually the underdog, which uh yeah. surprises me. I don't get that. Um but Aspinall he, I, I I'm not sure what it is. Um I know Aspinall he's well-rounded. He moves very well. Yes. Um but he's a little undersized for the weight division. I think I that, that might hurt him against Pavlovich because Pavlovich has some heavy ass hands. Yeah. He's a fast starter. Um, like you said, how many first round finishes? 17? 18. No, I'm sorry. Eight. Um, 15. First round knockout. 15. 15. And he's, first on a round six, knockout. and he's on a six win streak, too. I forgot to mention that. Oh, so six he's been, wins he's been hot. In a row in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah. He, he only lost his debut against, um, uh, uh, Alistair Overeem. Was it Overeem? Yeah. Yeah. That should tell you how long it's been. Overeem? (laughs) Yeah, Overeem. It's been a while. Um, It's been a long time. The only way Aspinall can win this fight is if he takes Pavlovich to, I don't know, round three and above. Yeah, Uh, maybe. Maybe try to outlast him. Because I don't know if Pavlovich has the gas tank for that. I don't think he's ever shown that. He hasn't hasn't had to. Um, Yeah, he hasn't had to because he starts so fast and he's so aggressive uh, coming out the gates. Um, but again, that's Aspinall's only chance, and he has to use his grappling against Pavlovich. Oh yeah, because if he if he doesn't, he's gonna get knocked the fuck out. Like, <laughs> I think I, either way, someone gets knocked the fuck out in this fight. And I got Sergey winning by TKO. So same, 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 same. And that's that's what it's gonna be. And man, again, Sergey as a even as an interim champ is dangerous. So good luck taking the strap from him. If he ends up with that win, but yeah, this is no joke. I think he'll be an easy fight for John Jones, though. You think so? Huh? Yeah, because he has no grappling. He doesn't. No, he Sergey is all hands. That's the it. way he just overwhelms you with power. If you look That's at the it. way he lost to uh, Alistair Overeem, um, Overeem took him down. And mind you, Overeem is a kickboxer. Yes. And Overeem had the grappling advantage over Sergey. So That's I can sad. only imagine what <laughs> would happen if John Jones got a hold of him. Mm. I'm just saying, but we'll see. I mean, we're speculating there, but we got to we'll get see. there first. We got to get there. But I, I don't blame you on thinking that way either because you're right. Yeah, Sergey, if he has a weakness, it's the ground. And it's only because he's never really had to deal with it. He just overwhelms you with power. And that's it. He, and bull- when he's he got- bulldozes you. And like I said, Overeem took him down. If Overeem took him down, that's kind of that's crazy. <laughs> so we'll see. But yeah, we both have Sergey on that one, and we both have Dern. Okay, interesting. Let's 
it's interesting that we agree on both of these so far. Let's see about this third one. Main event for this one is also a very interesting fucking matchup for the vacant light heavyweight championship after Jamahal Hill had to give it up after Torres Achilles uh, playing basketball over the summer. So, again, kind of same situation, just a little bit of a different vibe because instead of an interim championship, we're fighting for a vacant championship. So this is an official light heavyweight championship fight with Jiri Prohaka and Alex Pajeda, who, again, just recently joined the division himself. So with this fight, this is another one where I go, you have a mauler in Jiri Prohaka. It's insane how good of a grappler and submission artist and striker that he is. He's so creative. I love him in his spinning elbows. He finds different ways of breaking your body down and making you tap. And we've seen him against top-tier talent. Jiri Bahaka is the guy who retired Glover Teixeira. So he can win in big situations. Now, again, Glover was well past his prime, but he was a champion at the time that he lost. So experience is experience. And Alex Bahaka, again, just joined the heavyweight division after being middleweight champion, losing his championship to Izzy Adesanya, of course. And then coming over to light heavyweight, taking care of Jan Blahovic in a split decision, and now finds himself fighting for a championship already. So another one where I think the two styles are very contrasting. You know, Jiri is dominant, but I think this is going to be more of a war, especially with the striking ability of both of these guys. Alex is no fucking joke. We've seen Alex go toe-to-toe at a striking clinic. We've seen him go down. We've seen him take people down like, I think both of these guys have very similar styles, very similar matchups. I am giving this a jury, though, because I just think, again, he has barely scratched the surface for what he can accomplish. I think that guy is built like a fucking mountain. And and Alex is no joke either. Alex is a big dude. He doesn't look as big, but he's a tall motherfucker. So <laughs> very lengthy, you know, got a lot of range. He's got great kicks. We've seen him struggle in some championships. We've seen him dominate in some championships. So... This one I'm giving to Jerry, but I still think it's gonna be very fucking close. What do you think? Um, I think uh, so. Yuri's very awkward, right? Yes, awkward's a good word for it. Yuri, he he switched stances a lot. He uh, he'll show you a lot of different looks. Yeah. Um, and like you said, he's also very good uh with the submissions. Very good with grappling BJJ. So he obviously has the advantage when it comes to the ground game. Yeah. Um. But Yuri, he fights with his hands down a lot. I noticed that. And <laughs> I just think the way Yuri stands, he's going to get knocked out by Pajeda. I think <laughs> yeah, Pajeda's going to catch him with a clean left hook. Now, if Yuri, if Yuri doesn't switch stances and he just fights uh, Pajeda in a um, in a southpaw stance, so right hand first, left hand back. Mm-hmm. I think he'll have a better shot that way. Pajeda was less aggressive against Adesanya when Adesanya switched to Southpaw. That's a good point. Um, and so if Yuri can switch to Southpaw majority of the fight, push forward, use his strikes, combine that with his grappling, I think Yuri does win this fight. Mm. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going <laughs> to come out and switch and you know do what he does. And he's going to get caught. And it's going to be a left hook, right hand. I think Pajeda puts him to sleep in like two rounds. Two Ooh, rounds. Wow. Somewhere that range. To sleep. Someone is getting put to sleep, and I think it's Yuri. Okay. Uh, I right. got Alex by TKO and becoming the new 
UFC light heavyweight champion. In the same calendar year, he held the middleweight belt. That is insane. That would be a crazy story for him. Mm, I believe I he'd only think, be what? Like one of only a handful to do multiple division championships. Especially in that amount of time. Yeah. And yeah. He might be the fastest one to do it in, in that amount of time. So, yeah. History making. He, he's, yeah, he's extremely deficient on the ground. We know that, right? Yes. But he has the ultimate equalizer, mm. and that is power. Yes. If he touches you, you're probably going to bed. <laughs> and I'm I just put you in a bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I just can't ever count that out. And that's why I got Pajero winning this one by KO. I like it. Would you be willing to do a shot bet on that? Let's do it. Boom. By I how many rounds? By how many rounds? How many rounds? We'll do it. We'll do so, it. So that round minus five because there's yep. five total rounds. So if it's done in the first round, then four shots. Yep, yep. So on and so forth. Exactly. I like All right, it. But let's do it. I like it a lot. It's going to be a good, if not Hell. surprising card. Because, again, the storylines behind it, some of the short turnarounds that set up these fucking fights, and the stuff that they set up after these fights are going to happen. I think a lot of those storylines coming into play this weekend, it's going to be lights out. So make sure you don't fucking miss out on that one. Speaking of, though, the future. And 2024, Dana White also ended up announcing three straight main events for UFC pay-per-views 297, 298, and 299. So, without getting into a big analysis about those fights, I just want to announce them and just see what your initial thoughts are for a winner. Uh, UFC 297, he announced the middleweight championship with your boy, Sean Strickland. <laughs> Finally taking on Drinkus Duplessis, as we had mentioned before who was in line for a title shot before, ended up getting injured, pulling his name out. Now he gets a shot. Sean Strickland, DDP, who do you have winning just off the top of your dome? Um, man. <laughs> I'm going to go with Sean Strickland. Really? <laughs> really? Wow. I'm going to go with Sean Strickland, man. Wow. I, I, think, I think the man, wow. is, he's due to defend that belt at least one time. Mm, you changed your tune because you and I were like one and done. He's he's done for. But like, you don't think DDP gets it, huh? I I was thinking about it, man. Because mm-hmm. I was looking at this fight too, and I was thinking about it long and hard. And I just think, <laughs> I just think Sean Strickland's just his awkward style. That weak ass Billy Shell you like so his much, Billy Shell. <laughs> I, I just think he's gonna throw DDP off, mm. and I don't think DDP's gonna have the same success DDP had with Robert Whitaker. Mm. A because of the reach. The reach is now a lot more similar, right? That's true. That's true. He was towering over Whitaker. Remember, Whitaker came up from 170. So That's right. he's naturally the smaller dude. Uh, and so I think I think Sean Strickland will get it done. Probably by decision again with his awkward Philly Shell boxing right. style. Weak ass Philly Shell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. going DDP. I don't care. I, I said it before about Strickland. I think he's a paper champ. I think Dana White is gonna rig this shit. And put a thumbtack in his fucking foot or something. I don't know. But Strickland is not walking out of that championship. Dana White will murder him first. So I think <laughs> DDP has enough charisma. I think he's got enough. I'm sorry. Has enough riz. Is that, they get that right? <laughs> oh, that's women only. Um. Anyway, I think DDP is marketable enough. I think he's talented enough. I think he's overdue for a championship. I think he would have been champion by now if shit didn't go down the way it did. So we'll see. But this is setting up where I think DDP does a quick turnaround and takes this fucking, rips the fucking title off of Strickland. 
but we'll see. Again, we'll revisit that closer to time. That's 2024. Um, UFC 298, the featherweight champion, Alexander Volkanovsky, our favorite guy, taking on the undefeated Ilya Topuria. What do you think about this one? Who wins this Oof, one? This is tough. Mm-hmm. This is very tough. Um, Interesting fight. We think it hard I key, about that. I low-key want to pick Topuria. Over Volk? I'll tell you why. It's not what? because of it's not because I think he's the better fighter. Mm. It's because I think the turnaround is a little too quick. Yeah, Volk kind of That's put this one in jeopardy by, by taking this last fight and then losing real he, quick. I mean he lost you know, quickly, but losing shit. the way he lost though, like that yeah. takes that takes years off of your actual life. So <laughs> yeah. Um I think the turnaround is a little too quick. What mm. it's in fucking That would be like February, March, April, yeah, maybe, maybe. February. Oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah, right around there. Uh, in my opinion, I, I think you need more rest, mm. uh, especially the way you went out. I'm leaning to Poria right now, Ooh. right now, right now, right now. We'll see, we'll see. I'm going to Poria. Poria is no, no, no slouch either. But yeah, undefeated, Poria has been on a fucking tear, and yeah, actually beating some pretty fucking good names too. He beat. So he, didn't he beat Josh Emmett? I believe he did beat Josh Emmett. Hang on one second. He beat, uh, he beat Bryce Mitchell. He beat uh, yep, yep. Calvin Cater. Herbert. He beat Hall. He beat, yeah, Jackson. Zalal. So, I mean, he's tearing through the whole division. It's kind of nuts. He got hands. Like, he's, he's a definitely very good boxer. Very good boxer. He's a great submission artist, too. I believe he has eight tap outs. So, yeah, undefeated submission specialist. Nine first-round finishes, like, yeah, Topuri is very fucking dangerous. I'm not going to give anything away from him. I just think Volk has, like we said before, all heart, all balls. Even with the way he lost his last fight, I mean, I think with enough of a game plan, Volk is going to beat most challengers just the way he's built. But Topuri is going to give him some fucking problems. I will, We will do a bigger analysis of that one, but very interested in that fight. It's going to be a big turn for Topuri if he can pull this off. Like, Star making performance kind of thing. So we'll see how that goes. That that's gonna be fun, but not as fun as this last one. Because Lord, we have been waiting for this announcement, and it is finally here, folks. UFC 299, your new bantamweight champion, Sugar Sean O'Malley, gets his chance at revenge against the one and only one to beat him, Marlon Vera, for the championship. Who is winning? This rematch, sir. Am I the only one that's like not excited for this fight? Yeah, I think you are. How are you not excited for this fight? Because blood match. Because Cheeto doesn't deserve it. <laughs> You're not wrong about that. You're not wrong. But with Cheeto, you knew this was coming. It's the one loss it's... that O'Malley has. Even if Vito, even if Cheeto was not the guy to be the next in line, if he wasn't. All you were going to hear about is he's ducking Cheeto. He's ducking Cheeto. Like, they have to kibosh it, especially if Dana White wants O'Malley to be his big megastar. You can't have any doubt. There is still this one pinnacle of doubt is he can't take Cheeto. I guess I'm the only one that doesn't give a fuck about it. <laughs> because it does. It really doesn't excite me. This fight does not excite me. Mm. Um, I got Sean by KO. Wow, because I know you're a Cheeto guy. That's always yeah. like. No, I like Cheeto, but Cheeto's problem is he he starts really really slow. Oh yeah, and oh, um, yeah. 
O'Malley showed against Aljamain, he can put somebody away as soon as possible. And he put Aljamain away. That was the yeah, yeah. So it. I just feel like <laughs> Sean's going to knock him out. The UFC is behind him. So, That's true. But, yeah, I'm not excited for this fight. I'd much Aww. rather I'd much rather watch, like, O'Malley defend his title against someone worthy like Sanhagen. Sanhagen's time will come. I definitely believe that. I mean, or, I'm, the I'm top rather, four... I'd rather I watch him fight Song Yadong. That would be interesting, too. But, but I mean, I he's only know. at seven. So, I mean, out of the top four, I think Sanhagen easily deserves a championship fight. I mean, we love Sanhagen. We talked a lot about that. I still feel that Sanhagen is next. I don't. I know Sterling says he wants a rematch and all that stuff. I don't know if we get there. We'll, we'll see about that. Time will tell. I was, I was hoping, like, if it wasn't Sanhagen, uh, Marab. Oh, yeah, Marab. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Marab. Whatever his last, I don't know his last name. Yeah, that's Valley's Vila. First name Rob is Valley's Vila. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep, he's number two. So that's why I was like, yeah, Valley's Vila or Sanhagen, I thought was going to be next in line, but I knew it was going to be Cheeto just because of the storyline behind it. Like, it's fucking, it dope. is what it is. And I have Sugar Sean O'Malley win this one too. Uh, trust me, I don't think it's, I think this is like a first round done. Yeah. But yeah. I'm excited for it because I love storylines. I love when there's like real beef like that. And it's like, Okay, it gives the, the game a little bit of doubt. It, it, it makes it fun, you know? If it's just like, here's the next guy in line, and they barely would talk to each other and whatever, it's like, okay, it's cool. It's a, it's a skill-based kind of, you know, competition then, but when you have this kind of backing behind it, and you put the video package together, that shit gets me hyped up as a fan. I love that no, shit, so. I don't know. I, I'd, rather, <laughs> I'd rather go with the story of, um, so he beat the champion, and now he's about to fight the champion's boy, the same boy that took his jacket before he beat the champion. That's but, a great story too. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. That was I think we get there. I think you gotta get Cheeto out of the way. And I think then we start getting to your kind of fights where it's like, let's really test O'Malley at that point. But I, I, just, I will say I'm excited, but I'm not surprised that we're getting Cheeto here. It's uh, they laid that groundwork for months, dude. Yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised either. Uh, it's just <laughs> It's just like a whatever type of fight. I might not even watch it, to be honest. Wow. Well, I will watch it for our fans. <laughs> I want to see what the co-main is, and then I'll make my decision. But, That's a good point. It's got to be a good card. And yeah, I feel we- like it's it's Sugar, it's O'Malley's, like, real first card as, like, a headliner title holder. So yeah. I'm pretty sure they're going to beef this card up to make it, like, a spectacle. Yeah. I'm, I hope so. Yeah. I hope and so. And honestly, I have this feeling, like, don't be surprised if this actually gets moved back a pay-per-view to UFC 300 because you know Dana wants, like, lights-out headliners in that fucking car. So he might move his golden boy back around here, but we'll see how it goes. Again, we're way down the line from that. Those are 2024 fights. This man is less excited than I am, but, hey, we're going to still have some hard-hitting analysis for you when those fights happen. Uh, but for now, again, with UFC 295 coming this weekend, we got the shot bet in place, so make sure you come back and see who wins. That's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't get a black card, so that's just, you know, I'm always at a disadvantage when it comes to that kind of shit. <laughs> All right. So before we move on to our next subject that will lift his spirits up, because, of course, it's the NFL. You know we got to talk about that shit. I have one PSA for your ass. This is something I have talked about for a long fucking time, but never on this show. If I am at a restaurant, or a cafeteria, and I'm sitting at a fucking table eating my lunch, minding my business, I'm on my lunch break, whatever. By no means should you, another person, go to the table in front of me and sit facing me. 
That shit drives me nuts. So that we're sitting there like on some weird fucking date staring at each other while we eat. I don't know you. It's the most awkward fucking thing. So now I got to be self-conscious of the fact that like I'm chewing with my mouth open. I'm trying not to make eye contact with you. I'm looking down, even though I know you're looking right at me. Like, who does that? Turn your fucking back to me. That's exactly how Americans should be eating. This is not an intimate thing. To me, it's the same level of me being at a urinal as a urinal on the other side of me, and now we're locking eyes and we take a piss. That's how <laughs> intimate that shit is for me. So, again, if we're in a cafeteria, and most of I'm talking about work, but if we're in the cafeteria, don't sit facing me. This is not National Geographic. I'm not here for you to witness me chowing down where the fuck I'm eating or stuffing it in my face. It ain't for your pleasure. It's for mine. So turn your fucking back. That's awkward as shit. The only people I do that with are friends and family. If I'm actually eating with them, that's a different story. But if I don't know you, why are you watching me? That's just fucking <laughs> weird. You're better than that. That's the PSA, and it is completed. <laughs> that should happen today. And I was like, what? What the fuck? Don't don't do that. We're just like <laughs> eating, eating, watching each other, and I'm just like, why? Why are you? Why are you right in front of me? That's so fucking weird. Oh, gives me the fucking creeps. It gives me the creeps. Anyway, moving on to the NFL because everyone loves the NFL, right? Everybody loves football. It's been an interesting fucking week to say the least. I want to start with a certain team called the Las Vegas Raiders. Now the Raiders have had a very interesting season and a half or so. <laughs> A lot of different changes coming to that fucking team. It's been a bit of a dumpster fire, and I'm saying that as a Bears fan, so that should tell you something. It's a little nuts. But in case you're living under a rock, the Raiders brought in head coach Josh McDaniels a season ago, and everyone is interested in Josh McDaniels just because he failed miserably the first time he had a head coaching job. He used to work under the Bill Belichick tree, so everybody had him pegged as the next big thing in coaching because Belichick, if you didn't know, is the goat of coaching. When it comes to football, how many fucking rings he's got? So McDaniel should have been like the next in line, and this guy would know about the uh, the Belichick tree with Matt Patricia. <laughs> we won't uh, go there. Uh, uh, we won't uh, go there. Uh, but, yeah, that laugh tells you everything you need to know. But McDaniel's tried a head coaching stint with the Denver Broncos like a decade ago in the team in the Tim Tebow era. Failed miserably. Got shown the door. Whatever. So the Raiders bring him in, and they had Derek Carr at the time. So they bring in Devontae Adams to come play with his best friend, and he's very fucking excited. All citizens are go. Nope. And what happens is Derek Carr gets shipped off to New Orleans. Now he's a saint. They bring in Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, shits the bed practically every week. We all said, why the hell are you bringing in Garoppolo? He's pretty much a check downer, and that's all he really does. And you have someone like Devontae Adams, who is a Lamborghini of a fucking receiver, not getting opportunities. Not getting the ball. So as is pissed off, and the wheels are falling off the team very fucking fast. Fun fact, that's one of the only two Bears wins from this season. We beat the Raiders. So once you lose to the Bears, you already knew motherfuckers were getting fired. Someone's getting the fucking axe. So this past week, on the motherfuckers off day, because that's hilarious, the Raiders <laughs> let go of fucking Josh McDaniels. They let go of their GM. What the hell's his name? Dave Ziegler. Let go of Dave Ziegler. They benched Jimmy G. So that's interesting. And now they let rookie Aiden O'Connell, who's been sitting on the bench behind even someone like Brian Hoyer, who Bears fans know him very fucking well. So they let O'Connell get the reins and say, hey, rookie, let's see what you got. 
And then they upgrade their linebackers coach, Antonio Pierce, who was a linebacker himself, won a Super Bowl ring with the Giants. And so they're playing against the Giants, ironically, and they let Antonio Pierce become the interim head coach. And what do you know? The Raiders look revitalized. The Raiders beat the shit out of the Giants. I think it was 30-7, to if I'm not mistaken. You can see the immediate difference. Everyone's playing with energy. Everyone is having a good time. They had like a 27-point lead in the second half, and I know Daniel Jones went down uh, for the Giants, and he's out for the season now, too, in this cursed fucking season. Another fucking injury for a man who just got paid very well to play football. So, again, the cursed season strikes again. But all in all, that being said is, Vegas looked very fucking good in this game. So my question to you, sir, is do you think, A, that Antonio Pierce is the answer long-term? Does he get the long-term job for these guys? And B, does this turn everything around for the Raiders? What's the future hold for them? Do I think Antonio Pierce is the guy for the Raiders? I absolutely believe so. Mm. I think he's a great fit. I think everything about him screams uh, the old Oakland Raiders. Yes. The way he played uh, when he was with the Giants, when he won the Super Bowl there, uh, the way he coaches, all that. I think he breathes, lives, embodies the Ra- the Raider way. I think if Al Davis was alive right now, I think Al Davis would hire him as his head coach. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, the Raiders, uh, Josh McDaniels, before he got fired, he actually called a a meeting, right? Yeah. A team meeting. And apparently every one of the players, team captains and all, stood up and said, you know what? You ain't shit, Josh. <laughs> you know what, Josh? Even the coaches. Even the coaches said it. Even the coaches. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They, you know what, Josh? Maybe, maybe this ain't working out. It right? ain't working. See, th- this is where we draw the line. We are over here, and you're right there. <laughs> you need to get the fuck out, right? Mm-hmm. And then Antonio Pierce came up and said, you know, when I was with the Giants, and we beat the shit out of his team, I mean, the Patriots in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> you know, nobody gave us a shot, but we all believe that we could win against anybody on a- any given Sunday. And that's the same yeah. mentality we need in this locker room. That's what that man said. And you know what Josh McDaniels did? Mm. He went up to him and said, don't you ever talk about my daddy, (laughs) Bill Belichick, ever again. (laughs) Oh, man. Petty. Petty shit. And you see who the players galvanized around. Yep. And it was definitely Antonio Pierce. You can tell that energy was different because they were playing for a guy that they believed in, that they trusted. That's right. Um, And again... Let me just reiterate this. Josh McDaniels, his best record ever in the NFL was 8-8. Eight and eight. Yep. Way to go. He went 11-17 and 17 with the Denver Broncos. Mm. And then he went 9-16 and 16 with the Raiders. Oh. Somebody tell me, when the fuck do you go 20-33 and 33 and get considered for a head coaching job in the NFL? Mm-mm. When? When? Oh, wait. Uh, you remember Steve Wilkes with the Carolina Panthers? Uh, yes, sir. He took over after Matt Rule got fired. He had a winning record with that team. That's right. Where is he now? He's a coordinator. Yep. I forgot what team, but he's a coordinator. Is he, is he still with the Cardinals? No. No? Damn, no. that didn't last long either. Shit. See, he was a head coach there, and then he went over there to Carolina. and Huh. Crazy. <laughs> crazy how these, these dudes... 
Man, but that's another story for another day. But does this change everything for the Raiders to answer your second question? I don't know mm. because they still have a big question mark at quarterback. That is true. They're honestly a, they're they're a competent starting quarterback away from being a playoff threat, a threat to get in the wild card. That's true. Because they do have a pretty good team. Offensively, they got weapons. Defensively, Max Crosby, that's one of the best pass rushers in the league. Woo! If you have a good pass rusher, um, your defense has a chance to succeed. That's all you really need in today's league. If you can that's disrupt right. the passer, your DBs, you're in the NFL. They'll eventually make a play on the ball. So I think they're just a competent QB away from making any type of noise. But Aiden O'Connell, I mean, we'll see if he's going to be the guy. But I like the fit for Antonio Pierce, though. I think that's the big takeaway from this, and I hope he does get hired on as the official head coach of the Raiders. I would agree with that. Oh, by the way, Steve Wilkes is the defensive coordinator for the Niners. I did not know that. Woo. When the hell did that happen? <laughs> man, oh, man. But you're right, though. It, honestly, this whole the whole thing with Antonio Pierce and kind of taking over the role and the players playing for him reminds me a lot of, what's his name, Rich Pisacchia? After John Gruden got fired for the same fucking team. And oh, yeah, sudden, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Rich got the job. I believe he was the defensive coordinator. And the players started playing very fucking well for him. To yep. the point where I was like, oh, I think he's going to be the next head coach. And they didn't give him the head coaching job. And I was like, what were you thinking? Like, and they who did they give it to? Play- <laughs> <laughs> so that bit them in the ass. Yeah. Maybe you should just stick with the, pl- you know, the players coach that everybody likes and plays for and knows how to talk to these grown men. Huh? What if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Thank you. Trying to play around too much with the shit. So that was ridiculous. And you, you are right. They, I think they, they definitely still need a quarterback and Andy O'Connell. He looked fine. I mean, he was 16 to 25, 209 yards, no touches, you know, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but I mean, 82, no interceptions, no interceptions. Hey, he did his job. He did his job, and again, it was thirty to six, so he didn't have to do much. The team rallied around him, and they ended up doing fucking very well. Josh Jacobs, ninety-eight yards, and you know, two touchdowns for that shit. So the whole team galvanized, I like how you said that, around the coach and their rookie quarterback, and they said, "Hey, all this bullshit around us, surrounding this entire franchise, block that shit out. Let's get the job done." And they mm-hmm. got the job done. So yep. Raiders are four and five. They're not out of the playoff spots yet. So they're not, I'm but. Not- I- I still don't think they get in. No, I'm not saying they get in. But they're going to be I'm a better saying, team. Exactly. They, uh, respectability. The same thing I'm trying to get the Bears to fucking do. Just be respectable. I think Raiders are going to have a respectable finish to the end of the season going into week 10. We're midseason now, but like Raiders can still make some noise. They can still play spoiler for a lot of teams. So don't cut them out just yet, but it's going to be very interesting to see how they go with the this situation, this setup. For the rest of the season. I am interested to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. But moving on, speaking of the midseason, again, we are going into week 10 now. And some teams have kind of pulled away from the rest of the pack. Some teams are stuck in the middle here. And some teams are bottom of the barrel like mine, which is fun to watch and lose years of my life watching my teams just take giant shits on the field. But we're not going to talk about the Bears today. In too much fucking detail from what I can tell. What I want to know for the midseason of the NFL, now that we are nine weeks down, who is your biggest surprise mm-hmm. and your biggest dis- disappointment so far? Which one do you want me to start with? Let's start with your biggest surprise of the season so far. Biggest surprise thus far has been none other than the Houston Texans. 
Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, they're currently sitting at four and four, second in the AFC South. Yeah, I mean, nothing to write home about. Four and four, you're five hundred. But I did not expect the Texans' um, rebuild to turn around this quickly. They're on pace mm. to finish with a winning record. Oh, uh, like, when's the last time Houston had a winning record? What the fuck, right? What was their record oh. last year? Their record was good enough to get them the number two pick last year to draft exactly. who? Who? C.J. Stroud, Stroud, who currently is number one in the NFL for touchdown to interception ratio. It's fourteen Nuts. to one. That's Nuts. crazy. But as a rookie, uh, he's number seven in the league in passing yards at the moment. D'Amico Ryan's he he's turning things around quickly. Has that defense competing? Has the entire team competing? Um, I mentioned it before. He's bringing a lot of that like Dan Campbell type energy to mm. the Houston Texans. Um, and I do view them a lot as like the Detroit Lions of the AFC because they've never been shit either. Just like the Lions never been shit either. Right. Um, and so I do root for them from afar and it's good to see them uh, at four and four after what? Uh, it's week what? Ten. It's going to week ten. Yeah. Going into week ten. Now, my biggest disappointment mm. have been your Chicago Bears. Oh, yep, 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 yep. I expected the Bears <laughs> to finish close to 500, you know, 7 and 10, somewhere around there. Mm. Um, Looks like we're not getting that. Looks like they'll win no. seven games by, I don't know, next year. 2026. Maybe, if they're lucky. Maybe, maybe. Um, th- th- This franchise just looks inept. Like they they look incapable of doing anything good, allergic to any type of prosperity that could bring them any type of success. Oh. And it looks like every time they get the slightest bit of hope, they just get drawn back three, four, five extra steps. Like oh. right right when your quarterback Justin Fields is getting in a rhythm, playing well, he gets injured. Oh. Like what the fuck, man? And then your quarterback when your your backup quarterback wins a game. And oh. then when things are looking up, like, oh, we might break off some wins. Oh, last week, you guys were up. Oh, last week, you guys were in positions to win the game. And, yeah, Chicago happened. <laughs> oh. You're not wrong. You're not wrong about any of it. It fucking hurts. It hurts all over. It hurts all over my body. So here's the fun thing. You have the exact same answers I do. Damn. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> My biggest surprise, I put CJ Stroud and his immediate impact. It was easy to write off a rookie coming into a rebuilding franchise. No namers on the fucking team. We and all they got like decent pieces, you know, scattered across that we've seen. You know, you know, Laramie Tunsil, that kind of shit. And you know, they, they picked up Will Anderson. We knew like, hey, it was gonna be some pieces, but maybe a nothing year, just see what your quarterbacks got. And everything my partner just said here is absolutely true. C.J. Stroud has taken this league by storm. I am flabbergasted about how quickly he looks like a pro in this fucking league. He is getting game game winners for fucking throws. On the, that touchdown against Tampa was immaculate. He put up, what, five touchdowns? The kid is balling out. He's keeping Houston in the hunt. Houston's only 4-4, four and four, but with the rest of that fucking division being as shit as they are right now, Houston... It's still very much in the mix, and he is the number one reason for it. So, like you said, record-breaking. He had one pick in his first eight games. One for a rookie. That is ridiculous by itself. That's a ridiculous stat. So that shows you the man knows how to win. He knows how to take care of the ball. 
He knows what he's doing. He has a very firm hand on that offense, very fucking fast. And like we mentioned before, him and D'Amico Ryans, I think it's a match made in heaven. I think he has the perfect coach for this. I think they've got enough pieces that they can really kind of they can shine very fast. Like he said, the turnaround for Houston is light speed now. It's light years ahead of where it was just a year ago. They ended up with a perfect combination, and I'm very excited to see what they can do from here on out. Yes. So since you, since you said Houston, and I won't bash too much more about that, I'll pick a different surprise off the top of the head. I'm going to say the Pittsburgh Steelers. Disappointment? Same, no. Surprise. Pittsburgh oh. is, five, is five and three. Yeah, so I was going to say. You know, if you look at the rest of the AFC North, and we talked about that before, the AFC North is probably, if not the toughest division in the fucking league, it's up there. It's They're up all five there. and three. All five, yeah. Other than the Ravens. Ravens are seven and two. But Steelers, oh, Browns, pfft. Bengals, of course. Steelers, Browns, Bengals are all five and three. So I'm saying the Steelers are a surprise because, A, their quarterback situation was highly suspect. But they're getting the job done in ugly fucking games. Now, there is some drama and bullshit going on. Certain receivers are not happy in Pittsburgh. Tomlin is kind of under some heavy scrutiny right now. But honestly, Tomlin's used to it. He's playing. He's a coach of Pittsburgh, and he's been the coach for them for a very long fucking time. He gets the benefit of the doubt, but Pittsburgh fans, you know, they're a little finicky. So I get the drama happening. I think they're turning around anyway. And no, I'm not saying Steelers are going to make any kind of noise in a playoff run or anything like that, but the fact that they're not bottom of the barrel of this division so far is a secondary surprise compared to Houston. I'll put that out there. Yes, disappointment. I had the Chicago Bears. <sighs> What else can you say about the Bears? I won't go into a long rant about it. Everything this man said is true. It fucking hurts. It's like little paper cuts all over my body. Mm. And I I just I just don't know. I don't know how we got here. Because we mm. couldn't have been much worse than last year with three wins. And I said, hey, we only added pieces to this game. We only added pieces to this team. We drafted high when it comes to alignment. And for the last couple of years, we had high picks for linemen too. We added DJ Moore. A bunch of new talent on t- on defense. Like we should have been looking at this as like Justin Fields, his real evaluation to see if he's the guy or not. And like you said, when he was playing well, it was amazing. It was oh my god, this is the guy. We've been finally waiting for it to unlock it, and DJ Moore is going to be the fucking key. We got a glimpse of it again, and the man dislocates his fucking thumb. And he they play tomorrow night against the Carolina Panthers, and Fields is already out again. So. Mm. We get Bajan again going into what I would say is a must-win fucking game because Carolina owns one of our top two picks. I'm sorry, their positioning owns one of our top two picks. We need Carolina to lose this fucking game. We need Carolina mm. in that number one pole position because now you're looking at teams like the Cardinals and the Patriots are all kind of tanking now. So we need Carolina to stay way at the bottom. So if we fuck this up and somehow – let Carolina come into Soldier Field and beat us. We're fucking up our own draft positions now. So now it's a real must win. We have to get this fucking one. And I don't I think, know if we can. I don't know yeah, if we can. I think you guys which, lose. Which is nuts. It's absolutely crazy because Carolina is not great. They're not good at all. No. But when it comes to talent, shit, I don't think we can take them either. So we really need it feels back at this <laughs> that one. shit is... It's bonkers. Like, how did we get here? How did we end up regressing? And even when Fields has been playing, other than a couple of really spectacular games, he's looked like shit. And it's like, we are The whole are not, team has looked like shit, team, too. Top to bottom. 
has yeah. completely regressed. Eberflus has lost the locker room. I don't care what the man says. We're on the right track. No, you're, you're not, dude. The, the league is still laughing at you. So this is a huge disappointment. And it's not because I thought they were going to be good this year. It's just because we needed to evaluate fields. We have to answer that question because going into the next draft, you've got th- what I would say is three top-tier quarterbacks that can be drafted in his place. No matter where they get drafted, I don't care where they are, with Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Michael Penix. So, like, that's something where you really need fields to be a yes or a no now. And this is going to be another what if we look back and go, you know, we didn't get to see enough of Fields and he's on another team now. We trade him to Atlanta or something. And oh, starts, my God. And we, he starts bowling out for Atlanta and we go, it's another what if. It's another Roquan Smith. It's another Khalil Mack. It's the same shit. So, because Khalil Mack is what, top five in sacks at the thank moment? You. Uh, Roquan years Smith. After. Uh, his defense is damn near number one in the league. Unbelievable. And he's a huge reason for it. Everyone is thriving when they leave Chicago. I did not want that to be Fields' story. Is He should have been bringing a championship to Chicago and he brings one to Atlanta. That won't fucking happen. But I'm but just God saying. Damn. But goddamn. Oh God. But goddamn, right? Like, okay. So that part is disappointing to me, is that we can't evaluate his whole season because we're not getting a whole season from him again. And it's like, Fucking hell, man. Like The context is always going to be skewed. So you never have a true evaluation of what you're looking at. Exactly. Exactly. So that aspect, I would say, is disappointment. Record-wise, again, I didn't expect much. I didn't expect us to suck this bad. Yeah. But I think I said at the beginning of the season, seven wins would have been nice. Just an improvement from three. And, boy, if we get one more this season, I would be floored. We're on track to either be worse than last year completely on a record or the exact same. We just go horizontal and we solve no fucking questions. Cool. A complete waste of a season. That was not on my bingo card. So that's what I'll say for the bears. Since again, you already picked the bears. I'll pick one other uh, disappointment. (laughs) That's the Buffalo bills. What the fuck is going on in Buffalo? And I'm going to roll this in because I want we wanted to kind of look back at our Super Bowl picks, yes, and kind of revisit them and say, "Hey, here's what we picked. Here's how they're doing." So let's roll right into that. I had picked Buffalo to win a Super Bowl this year, and I'll do you one better because if you recall from that episode, I said if this season isn't the season for Buffalo, it's never the season for Buffalo. This was it. This was the window, and it's closing very fucking fast. So I expected Buffalo to come out fucking swinging. They've made moves. They've brought in new talent. They got Razul Douglas from Green Bay and everything, too. So, like, they've made some moves where I said, okay, they solidify the defense, which is actually still playing very fucking well. It's still a top-five defense. Yes. What I didn't see coming is Josh Allen regressing to his rookie year in 2018, where now he's thrown nine picks and leads the league in interceptions. Josh Allen has led the league in turnovers since he got in the league. Did you know that? That's very true. That's very true. And I get that. And I I expected some kind of improvement here. No, it's just par for the course for him. And I get it. Buffalo can still beat you, even with him throwing three picks a game. But the thing is, like, Buffalo's now in this weird position where they are barely putting up points in the first half and having to come from behind every fucking game to get a win. So I didn't see that coming. Bills are 5-4. and four. So in their division, yeah, you have the Dolphins. Yeah, you have the Jets, who are still kind of on the fence, and the Patriots, who no one gives a shit about. I expected Buffalo to if not run away with this division, at least be 
top of the line for most of the season. It's not looking great. Now I'm kind of concerned that they might even like fuck this up and not even make a playoff spot. It's a little nuts. I still think they got enough in the tank to get them there. But if they don't fix the offensive problems very fucking fast, they're going to run out of time. And I think, and I'll, I'll do you one better on this point. If they somehow fuck up and either miss the playoffs or get a first round exit, I think Diggs is forcing his way out. I think Diggs is done. Mm. I think you blow. I I don't think you need to blow it up because they got plenty of fucking talent. This team is way too talented to be five and four by any fucking means. So if Very they true. fuck this up, I see people getting disgruntled and leaving. That's mm. I'll put that out there. So I'm still holding out hope. I still have them as my winner, but ooh, they're making this way harder than it needs to be. Good God, I am not surprised with the downfall of the Buffalo Bills. Mm. I kind of predicted this. <laughs> um, I thought they missed the window before the season started. Uh, That's fair. And so I, I think coming into coming into this year, I had the Jets winning the division. Actually, you did. You did. And you know, if Aaron Rodgers was playing right now, I would feel very good about that prediction. I, I think so. Um, and I feel very good about my prediction uh, to start the season. I picked the Baltimore Ravens to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> shocked a lot of people. And you know what? Who's the number one defense in the NFL? Well, actually, number two, because number, number one is two. Cleveland now. Number two is Cleveland. After that game, oh, my God, it's Cleveland now. That. But yes. number two, <laughs> it's the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. Number one rushing offense in the NFL, it's the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. Number six in total offense. Number five in takeaways. Number one in sacks. They are playing complimentary football. They blew the Detroit Lions out of the map. <laughs> they blew them out of the map all the way across the ocean. Like team running them back in Detroit. <laughs> and yes, I know Lamar Jackson, he he's not putting up big passing numbers. But to. somehow he's still leading the number six total offense in the NFL. There you go. There you go. Um I just feel good. like I just feel like this team is just built for it. They're built for the moment. They're built the right way on both sides of the ball. What I mean by that is in the trenches, right? Mm. The offensive line and defensive line, stout. And everything builds off of that. The running game, that's why the running game is so good. That's why they're number one in sacks. That's how you win in this league. You get those big boys up front right, everything else becomes easy. Because their receivers, you might look at them and be like, "Mm, it's kind of lackluster, right? Right. You look at their running backs right now, Gus Edwards. Who's who's writing home about Gus Edwards? Mm. Nobody. Justice Hill? Nobody. Somehow they're still number one in the league in rushing. Oh, it's Lamar. No, it's not. He's only averaging 48 rushing yards a game. That's right. So where are the other 130 yards coming from? (laughs) So Everyone's doing their share on that team. Everyone's getting to work. And this team, I don't know if – I'm pretty sure you don't watch them, but – I do. I follow Marlon Humphrey on uh, on Instagram. And he goes live – Whenever they win. And when he goes live, I watch his lives and you can just tell this locker room is connected. Everyone's cracking jokes. John Harbaugh, he's in there. He, he's bringing up the energy. He's encouraging guys to be themselves. Yeah. He's one of the few old school head coaches that's, that's adopted right. and adapted his coaching style to the new school. And I really appreciate that. And that's why this team is going to win the Super Bowl this year. Mm. You have the much better chance than the fucking Bills right now. I'll tell you that fucking much. Right now, fucking, yeah. Yeah, right now it's crazy. So rolling into that, because I wanted you to pick a midseason MVP so far, 
I'm going to go ahead and guess you're going to say Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to say Lamar Jackson. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm like I said earlier, he hasn't been putting up huge numbers. Um, But you know what he's doing? The most important thing, and that's winning. Winning. That He's tied number one in the AFC right now for the best record uh, with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, like I said, he has a big win over the Detroit Lions, who were recognized as arguably the best team in the NFL when they were going up to M&T Bank Stadium before they got that ass waxed and sent back to Detroit. <laughs> Which I think you guys needed that. It's a nice oh, humbling win. absolutely needed that. And you know what? Yep. We took that on the chin. Dan Campbell was like, you know what? We lost to a better team. Point blank. That's it. Bounce back. That's it. Um, And... Just to toot Lamar Jackson's horn real quick, he might not be putting up big numbers, but he's number one in the league in completion percentage. Mm. For a guy who got thrashed for not being uh, accurate, mm. for a guy being thrashed, talking about, oh, we are a running back. He's oh, only a running he back. play receiver. Oh, but he's completing like 77% of his passes. Oh. All right, number one in the league. All right. No big deal. That's cool. He trails only C.J. Stroud in total interceptions thrown ah. for all qualified starting quarterbacks with only three. Go. So it's C.J. at one, Lamar at three, and then everybody else. Damn, that's crazy. And I absolutely agree with you. He is my mid-season MVP as well. Damn. And yeah, honestly, the guy is getting it fucking done. And it's not that he's just getting it done. He's getting it done in a very tough fucking schedule. That's been, and, and I will include that Lions win too. That was a big big fucking win, kind of quelling the fire of a very hot fucking team in a very dominant fashion. So, yes, he is the engine behind that in, that whole fucking offense. The defense is playing lights out, so they're playing for him as well. That whole team is playing together, but the pieces are coming together now when it really matters for Baltimore. So they are going to keep chugging this along, and yeah, I can see them being a very tough out in the playoffs, but yes, I think Lamar Jackson, he's kind of transformed his game a little bit where he's a little more conservative than he used to be, and it's paying off for him. Yes. He's not having to put everything on his shoulders anymore. And I think once you see that in a quarterback, it's yes. usually when they start winning championships. It's, Absolutely. They, they learn to adapt. It's the same thing Brady did. He adapted with the times. He adapted against high-level competition, and Absolutely. he made it count when it really mattered. So, Absolutely. That's and a great call you have. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because – I totally forgot about this point. And you you kind of made it. Uh, it's a switch and play style. And I yes. think a lot of that has to do with the offensive coordinator. It's no yes. longer Greg Roman. I forgot his name, but they got a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, I forget. Um, but basically, they tailored the offense to be more of a throwing, passing type offense, right? Yep. Instead of the traditional pistol, read option type offense that Lamar was in with Greg Roman. Correct. Um. And I think that's done nothing but help Lamar. Because like you said, and I'm glad you brought up Brady too. Like you said, now when he's at the goal line, he'll be like, okay, I'll just hand it off. I'm not getting a touchdown running or throwing it. But guess what? We're winning the game. Exactly. Leave it to your team, bro. You'll get it done. I don't need to do that. So I'm not going to do that. That's not called for me to do right now. Oh, we need a 30-yard strike. I got you. There you go. There you oh, go. That's how you yards, extend. Yes. Right. You extend your career this way. So I think it was a pinnacle change for him that you're going to start seeing him get very fucking successful from it. It's pretty cool to see, actually, because he deserves it. Like, man, it is well time for Lamar Jackson to get a ring. I mean, I'd love to see it. So 
I think Robert everybody Bear. would. He's one of the most marketable guys in the league, too. Right. Um, one of the biggest fan bases in the league. And you know who else has a big fan base on that team? Odell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Odell is somebody who, you know, you knew he wasn't going to come in and, like, be the old Odell, but, like, he's doing his job. There's he's respectable no, still. He's respectable still. There's no real ego on this team. There's nobody trying to get, get the rock all the time. Like, everyone is pulling their weight in Baltimore. And, honestly, that will get you very fucking far. So, we'll see how the rest of the season ends up with that. But Baltimore is on a fucking great pace to really be a dangerous threat for a championship. So, go Baltimore. Go Lamar. We'll see. We'll see. Buffalo, get your head out of your ass. I still believe. <laughs> I still believe. But, oh, boy. We got That's shots pathetic. on it, man. We got shots we on it. We have shots on it. So I, my liver needs Buffalo to pull their head out of their ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last but not least, I want to give everybody an update on our illustrious Vault League Fantasy Championship Series Ooh. and kind of go over the standings again, seeing where everybody's at. We did this weeks ago. I believe it was around week three. So now going into week 10, kind of seeing where we all are at. And number one, <laughs> is your, your boy because you know last time it was El Frique and he was sitting on top of the world on the mountaintop and looking down at all his peasants oh how the mighty have fallen and now the thunder chicken your boy Siege sitting at 7-2 and two, and the most points per, out most output at 1,195.4 at the number one spot is me and I'm loving life however I did just lose. I was on a six-game winning streak, and I just lost to the other man sitting in the number two spot with Sandusky's tight ends, who was also on a six-game winning streak. So one of us had to lose. Very tough fucking fight. My team played like complete ass. So it's fine, Mr. Sandusky's tight ends. I won't put his name out there, but he <laughs> is the number two spot on a seven-game win streak. And again, this man is a former Duke, which means he was a former last-place winner just this past season. So he is on a complete turnaround that's been kind of crazy to see. Mm. You know what's crazy? What's, up? what's that? I beat him, but you beat me, but he beat you. Yep, there we go. What the fuck? <laughs> 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 yes. So, we'll see how it goes. I know I got a couple more tough games in these last. I think we got five games to go for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I am I am one or two away from clinching my spot in a another straight playoffs, but I believe that would be the 10th playoff in a row for me in this fucking league, which is just unheard of, unprecedented, and par for the course for your boy. So I'm going to keep chugging along, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I have the Savage Man number three in this league at six and three coming up this week. Big fucking game. I got to take Jeremy down, and I plan on doing that, but man, it's going to be fucking tough. His team is no joke. And again, he's been just quietly climbing those ranks. He had a really yeah. rough start to the league and he's bounced back completely. It's going to be fun to watch. He's just coming off a win himself last week. So he is gunning for that top spot. And again, another last place finisher. So that does tell you winning last place in this league, while it does have its curses, we have seen some people bounce back and win championships after going last place. So it's not as much of a curse as you think. But it's fun to give people shit about that one. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Number especially four. You've never been down there, so especially yeah, I have never been even close to that spot, so I wouldn't know. I don't know what under five hundred feels like. I don't either. Like <laughs> it's 
it's a weird, weird situation. I don't think I like that feeling. So in your league, I'm definitely in that spot, but I'm not going to go there. I don't care about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, looking good in this league. Uh, at number four is your boy Elfrique at five and four. Five Ugh. and four. So I was four and one last time. Yeah. Or, I was like, yeah, some shit like that. On a two-game losing like streak, man. Like, what happened to you? Um, You, you know, remember when I was talking about Lamar Jackson and I was saying how he hasn't been putting up big numbers, but he's been True. winning? That's exactly what's been happening. He's been playing like... <laughs> Very well in reality football, yep. but in fantasy football, he's been complete ass. <laughs> After that Lions game, he's been complete ass. That was the That's last it. one I had, I believe. That's the it. Lions game. How funny is that? How yeah. ironic is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's just fucking crazy. Um, and my team kind of goes as he goes, right? Especially last week with me having Christian McCaffrey and Amara St. Brown on buys. That's rough. I cannot afford a bad game from Lamar Jackson. <laughs> and that's exactly what he served me up. Hot and ready. Little so, Caesars, baby. Little Caesars, baby. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm still very confident in my team. Um, I have, like I said, Christian McCaffrey and Amon Ross St. Brown. Nasty. You know what I'm saying? Nasty that's, combo. If, if Lamar can just show up, I don't care what happens. If I lose, I don't care. Because that means the other person probably just scored 180 points. Because <laughs> between yeah, Lamar, you... Christian McCaffrey, and St. Brown, that's easily 70 points. That could be right. 70 points. And the thing about your team, like your points for and your points against are almost identical. It's kind of crazy. Your points for is 1056. Your points against is 1059. Like that, so everyone that I'm going against, right there. it's just going bananas. They're bringing it at you. Yeah, they're just pummeling you with this shit. So. Now, it's not the most points against. We'll get into that in a little bit for another team, which is wow. But, yes, you are one of those teams that they bring their A game. So, yeah, that's hey, what happens. Hey, I want it, though. You know what I'm saying? I want the smoke. Want the and smoke. To, to be 5-4 and four and have a negative point differential says mm. a lot. There you go. <laughs> we'll see how you end up. Again, five games to go. Five games. Just oh, I'll be a playoff team for sure. And then I'll yeah. be in the finals. Yeah. All right. All right. Because tied with you at also five and four in the fifth and sixth spots, we got Team Zelensky and Mrs. Claus, my wife, who, again, you were all I on just that lost the same you. boat. You just lost to the wife. Yeah, so that's, I told you, she's that sneaky team where she doesn't give a shit about who she's playing, but she's going to end up getting wins. So those, the three of you guys are clogging up the end of that playoff seating. So any one of you really can't afford to lose at this point. That's going to be Big time because the people who are just below you are only one win back. So everyone is nipping at those heels for those last three playoff spots or so. So we'll see. We'll see. But those two ladies, you got to watch out for. It's it's a lot tougher sledding than you think. <laughs> I ain't worried. I ain't worried. Ain't worried. I'm, confident in my, I'm confident in my team, man. I know. You got to be confident in your team at this point, man. You're getting you pretty far. Uh, number seven, eight, and nine are all four and five. Like I said, nipping on the heels. That is our current champ, Eat Glass Lick Russ. That's the Katowski records. And surprising, rub that chub who is starting to blaze back a little bit. Four and five after a rough start. Hey, look at that. Now she's lost a couple in a row. Katowski's won two in a row, and the champ lost one. But again, those three are still neck and neck. And one win from them and one loss from you three. 
at the four, five, and six positions will change the entire mess. It'll just mess everything up for you guys. So yeah. you got to keep pushing. Got to keep stringing those wins together. Everyone's going to be gunning for each other. I love to see it. It's the best part of the, of the, the season, I think, is when you get to this part and go, okay, every win counts. Even for myself, I can't let off the gas. I don't care about the number one spot. I can easily tumble down to barely hanging on to a playoff spot if I lose one or two of these fucking games. So very yeah. tight race right now. Very tight race. Hey, I get I play rub that chub this week. And um Trap I game. better I better blow this team out because Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is on a bye. <laughs> so oh. I better blow this team out. Oh no. If I don't blow this team out, I'll consider this a loss. Yikes. I mean, literally her entire team is on a bye. Mahomes, Pacheco, Cooper Cup, the Eagles defense. Yeah, they're all on buys, bro. So if you can't take on Dante Foreman, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You were well, never she has, supposed to win this She has Keenan Allen. Keenan yeah. Allen, I feel like I played this team before, but yeah. No, 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 yeah. Keenan Allen had like a 50-point game earlier in the season. So That's right. That's right. <laughs> but the rest of that team, dude, come on. Yeah, compared to my team, I mean, come on, man. I like, don't see how you lose this game, but again, you never know. trap game. Trap game, man. You're about to get into a bear trap. <laughs> you never fucking know. You never fucking know. Uh, at number 10 and 11, we got all oh, those guys who, again, my boy is making a comeback now. Got two in a row with those wins, stacking those dubs. So he, again, I think his team on paper might sneak into that sixth spot with a couple more wins here. So we will see. But what I mentioned before of the points against, you talk about them bringing it against you. His points against are by far the highest in the league with 1,245 points against. So as much as those teams are pummeling against you, they are kicking Matt's ass. And (laughs) I think that's the biggest reason he's low in the standings. I don't think it's a talent thing for his fucking team. So watch out. I still think his team is the one to kind of sneak by a few of you and you won't see it coming to the very last second. So watch out for all those guys. And again, watch the birdie, our our local resident also at three and six, got a win last week. So, Hey, the rookie is starting to get it. She started to put some pieces together with her ridiculous team that no one understands how she did it or how she put it together or what strategy she was using. It's turning into She's still starting two tight ends. She's still starting two tight ends. Uh, so I mean, and the one and the one she dropped, I picked up. She dropped see, Kincaid. See, so there's still a learning curve here. But <laughs> she's not yeah. bottom of the barrel, but it's you know that's fancy football for you. You can make the blindest fucking team put together, and you can still win. You just never fucking know. It's, you can still win. It could just be your week. And last but not least, way at the bottom, surprisingly, the vet tech mama at one and eight, and unfortunately. Already eliminated from playoff contention. Just like that. Just like that. Very shocking because, again, I was worried about her team at the beginning of the season. I thought she has a very good team on paper. And, again, the points against, 11-20, just teams coming at her, just taking her down real fucking fast. So there's always that one team every year that just can't seem to string any wins together, and we'll see. Now, it doesn't mean she's immediately going to be our karaoke contest singer, but... It's looking like it. It's looking like it. <laughs> She's got a beautiful voice, so maybe it'll be a great concert. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> it's, she is well on her way of winning that illustrious gold toilet seat to put on her nice mantle and curse her house for the offseason. So 
that'll be fun to see how that ends up for her. But it ain't over yet. Just because you're eliminated from playoffs doesn't mean you're last place automatically. So keep on trying to stack a few dubs and finish out the season strong. Five games. She can end up six and eight. That's a respectable finish for Oof. a one and eight team. So let's Hell look and yeah. see it. Detroit Lions of this league. That's what she can be from last Ooh, year. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, again, stay tuned for that, folks. We're going to have more recaps for you. We're going to post that recap, especially in our league page. It's going to be fucking fun to watch. But much more content coming for you. What are your last words for your adoring public, sir? Um, I actually have a video coming out tomorrow. Ooh. It is the first video of my NBA Street Volume 2 playthrough series. Yes! So be on the yes! lookout for that. It is pretty, I, I'll save it, but I had a lot of fun doing it. I had a lot of fun doing it, making it, I'll editing it, all that junk. Um, So be on the lookout for that. It's YouTube.com slash Rizzy underscore games. R-I-Z-Z-Y underscore G-A-M-E-S. Don't forget that underscore, baby. Hmm. <laughs> And after you're done watching him ball out on some on an amazing game like NBA Street Volume 2, one of my all-time favorites, even though I fucking sucked at it, just stay on that social media, switch back around to the Bank Bro Show on YouTube and Facebook and yeah. at gmail.com, and then snap on over to Instagram, shout us out, at Bank Bro Show. We got some more content coming out there, too. So, again, much more to see, much more to come. We'll have some more clips out for you coming out soon. I know our NBA clips that this man just posted out. Blow it up. Everybody loves the NBA. Everybody loves talking about the NBA. It's going to be a fun fucking season. And we got all the analysis you can fucking handle. So make sure you check that shit out. Watch it, show your lunch break and just make sure no one's watching you, you know, eat and enjoy your time because that's just fucking awkward. Don't fucking do that shit. Mm. Just don't do that shit. Mm. Turn around. Mm. Just turn around. Just, who Watch does a that video shit? on your phone. Do something. Right. Don't look at me. The fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, before I get into that fucking weeds, we will catch you next time. We'll catch you on the flip because the bank bros are in your city. We are here for you as we always are. And what, Ryan? And you can bank on that. Sounds amazing every time you say it. <laughs> Peace <laughs> out, y'all. One, two, three. Fuck,